Welcome in to your Friday edition of Montana at Noon. I'm Josh Margolis. Your weather command forecast for the rest of your Friday, clearing skies, highs 30 to 40, southwest winds 5 to 15 miles an hour. Tonight, partly cloudy, lows 20 to 25. Southwest winds 10 to 15 miles an hour. Saturday, mostly cloudy in the morning, then clearing. Highs 35 to 40. West winds 10 to 20 miles an hour. Saturday night, mostly clear. Lows 15 to 20. Southwest winds 5 to 15 miles an hour. Sunday, partly cloudy in the morning, then becoming mostly cloudy. Highs 35 to 40. South winds 5 to 15 miles an hour. Sunday night and Monday, mostly cloudy. Lows 15 to 25. Highs 35 to 40. Monday night and Tuesday, breezy, partly cloudy. Lows 15 to 25, highs 40 to 45. Tuesday night and Wednesday, windy and mostly cloudy. Lows 25 to 30, highs 35 to 40. Wednesday night and Thanksgiving day, breezy and partly cloudy. Lows 15 to 20, highs 30 to 35. Earlier this week, U.S. Senator John Tester announced that the Haver Area Head Start and Early Head Start program would be receiving over $1.1 million. The funding comes from the Administration for Children and Families, which oversees Head Start programs across Montana. Caitlin Bodnar is the Interim Child Services Director for the Northern Montana Child Development Center and says they receive this funding annually, but have to reapply every five years. So there's a five-year period in there where there's really no concern. It's going to happen. We just need to put in the paperwork, put in the time, put in the work, and make sure that everything the Office of Head Start needs is uploaded correctly and sent to our regional office in Denver. As for how the program is handling the pandemic, Bodner says they are managing to get by. It's definitely been difficult. There have been a lot of times where people have had their own personal challenges regarding the pandemic and how it impacts our program, but everybody's always come out on top so far with optimism and a, like a go-get-em attitude. Bodner says they are always looking for new students and applications are available at the District 4 HRDC building or online at hrdc4.org. The Hill County Commission held their weekly business meeting Thursday morning and approved a series of agenda items. The commission voted 3 to nothing to formally advertise for the position of County Superintendent of Schools. No candidates filed for this race on the general election ballot. The person that received the most votes was incumbent Marie Deegan, with 90. However, she declined to continue in the position, thus leading to the commission having to advertise for a replacement. By a 2 to 1 vote, the commission approved the appointment of Ryan Korth to the Haver City County Airport Board. Korth is replacing Roger Lincoln, who recently stepped down. The appointment is effective immediately and runs through the end of 2022. Also discussed at the meeting was a proposed change to county policy that would allow employees moving to a different department to keep their years of service. This led to a lengthy discussion and it was ultimately voted down three to nothing, with the commission saying they would like more input from county officials before making a decision. It will be on the agenda again at next Wednesday's business meeting. Also at the meeting, Bid packages for the Courthouse Security Project and Detention Center Control Panel Project were tabled for another week as the language of the packages continues to be finalized. Shoto County finalized the results of the 2020 general election with their canvassing on Tuesday. Shoto County saw 81% voter turnout, with 3,022 residents casting a ballot. This is the highest turnout in a general election for Shoto County since 1996. 
eight of nine Shoto County precincts voted overwhelmingly in favor of the Republican candidates on the ballot, with Democrats only winning precinct number five, located on the Rocky Boy Reservation. The only contested county-level race was the Big Sandy Hospital Tax District Mill Levy. This was only for precincts seven, eight, and nine, and passed by a vote of 467 to 203. For complete Shoto County results, you can visit HighlineToday.com. And a reminder that during an election canvas, local administrators declare elected the individuals having received the highest number of votes cast for each county certified office and proclaim the adoption or rejection of county ballot issues. Once a canvas is complete, the administrators send those results to the Secretary of State. On November 30th, the state canvas board will declare the winners of each race officially. After that is done, the Secretary of State officially certifies all the statewide election results. Now taking a look at today's local COVID-19 update, Hill County was notified of 25 new COVID-19 cases yesterday and had 42 people meet the recovery criteria. The age range with the most new cases was people in their teens with 11. 19 of the new cases were found through contact tracing. Six have unknown exposures. Hill County has now reported 1,205 total cases of the virus. 222 are active. Three are hospitalized. 953 have recovered. 30 have died. Meanwhile, Shoto County says they reported five new COVID cases Wednesday and four on Thursday. They say their current active case count is at 46 with three hospitalizations. Shoto County's one COVID-related death was reported last week. And over in Liberty County, they reported six new COVID-19 cases on Thursday. They are now at 25 total active cases, and they say there is community spread of COVID-19 in Liberty County. There have been 63 total cases of COVID reported in Liberty County and one COVID-related death. Liberty County continues diligently working on contact tracing, and if you feel you have been a direct contact and have questions or concerns, please call their public health, 759-8256, for questions or concerns. And over in Blaine County, they reported just one new COVID-19 case yesterday and had 28 people meet the recovery criteria and had two hospitalizations discharged. Blaine County total case numbers, 474 cumulative cases, 52 are active, including three hospitalizations, 405 have recovered, 17 have died. And over in Phillips County, they reported one new case of COVID-19 on Thursday and had eight people meet the recovery criteria. Phillips County is at 243 total COVID cases, 26 are active, including one hospitalization, 212 people have recovered, and five have died. Turning to state news, taking a look at today's COVID-19 update from the Department of Public Health and Human Services, Montana reported 1,475 new COVID-19 cases today and six new COVID-related deaths, bringing the cumulative case total to 53,293 and the death toll to 567. The counties with the most new cases today, Ravalli, 237, Yellowstone, 195, Missoula, 166, Butte Silverbow, 133, Gallatin, 120, Lewis and Clark, 104, Flathead, 95, and Cascade with 60. There are currently 22,169 active cases of the virus in the state, including 506 hospitalizations. 30,557 people have recovered. Montana's unemployment rate fell to 4.9% in October, down from 5.4% in September. The unemployment rate remains below the national average of 6.9% in October, but is still above the pre-pandemic rate of 3.5%. The state gained 3,700 jobs from September to October, including 1,200 jobs in payroll employment. However, 
New applications for unemployment assistance in Montana were on the rise last week. About 38% of those eligible for unemployment payments have been unemployed at some point during the pandemic. Governor Steve Bullock said Montana's economic recovery depends on the state's ability to reduce the spread of COVID-19. The health officer in Montana's most populous county is implementing additional restrictions to help prevent the spread of COVID-19 because, he says, it's clear the current safeguards aren't doing enough. Starting today, Yellowstone County Health Officer John Felton is ordering all retail venues, bars, restaurants, casinos, gyms, and churches to close by 10 p.m. and remain closed until at least 4 a.m. drive through and food delivery services can remain open after 10 p.m. His order also extends to the end of the year, the 25-person limit on indoor or outdoor gatherings. Fulton says people shouldn't count on a vaccine anytime soon to help reduce the spread of the virus. The Montana Supreme Court has ruled that a proposed silver and copper mine must seek new permission from the state to continue pursuing a mineral deposit near Libby. The AP reports the four-member majority, led by Justice Ingrid Gustafson, released the decision Tuesday, saying the Montanar project could not rely on a 30-year-old water quality permit granted to a bankrupt company. Gustafson said the Department of Environmental Quality's use of an expired 1992 order was unlawful. Mine Orders Hecla Mining Company and its subsidiary Montanor Minerals Corporation must now seek a new review and permit application if they wish to pursue the project. Five businesses in Montana have filed counterclaims against the state after being accused of violating public health orders intended to limit the spread of COVID-19. The AP reports Flathead County businesses were accused of disregarding social distancing and mask mandates implemented by Democratic Governor Steve Bullock. The Montana Department of Public Health and Human Services sued after sending inspectors to the businesses in October. Officials say the businesses filed a counter lawsuit claiming the agency selectively targeted them. The lawsuit is seeking damages, attorney fees, and a judgment, saying the health department does not have the authority to enforce the governor's mandates. The Montana Lottery has decided not to appeal a judge's ruling that allows businesses without alcoholic beverage licenses to offer sports betting. Lottery spokesperson Jennifer McKee says even removing the limitation doesn't disrupt the industry. The Montana legislature authorized sports wagering in 2019. The Montana Lottery set rules for businesses that could offer sports betting and required that they have an alcoholic beverage license. In a court challenge, a state judge said last month that if the legislature had wanted to limit sports wagering to bars and casinos, they could have written that into the law. An online news organization is suing North Dakota regulators over documents the state holds related to the developer of the Dakota Access Pipeline and the company that handled security during construction. The lawsuit filed this week by First Look Media Works, Inc., the nonprofit publisher of The Intercept, is the second legal action over the documents. Pipeline developer Energy Transfer and its subsidiary Dakota Access, LLC, sued the board last month, seeking the return of some 16,000 documents that it said are, quote, confidential, proprietary, and privileged documents. End quote. The lawsuit said the disclosure of the records could present a security risk. And now, taking a look at your wheat prices for today. Daily prices per bushel for Hill County winter wheat $5.08, spring wheat $4.83. For Blaine County winter wheat $4.98, spring wheat $4.78. For Liberty County winter wheat $5.13, spring wheat $4.83. For Shoto County winter wheat $5.08, spring wheat $4.83. And for Phillips County, winter wheat 493, spring wheat 473. And that does it for your Friday edition of Montana at Noon. I'm Josh Margolis. Thanks for listening, and remember that seven days a week, we are your source for news and information. KOJM, 
KPQX and HighlineToday.com. Have a great rest of your Friday, a good weekend, stay safe out on the roads, and please continue to do your part to help flatten that curve.